she engaged in a new venture and she was asking for assistance because she said that she even doesn't know how she's going to pay for what she was facing. And in a chivalry gesture, I said, don't worry, I'm here for you. And I put straight away without asking, I gave her the equivalent of two years of my living. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. And I bet you're exposed to investment risk right now. To reduce it, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and download the risk reduction checklist I've made specifically for you, my podcast listeners, based on the lessons I've learned from all my guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Amasa Alunyi. Amasa, are you ready to rock? Yes, I am. Hi, very <laughs> nice to see you, Andrew. Yes. Thank you for having me at the show. It's great to see you, and I really, we've already started our conversation before we turn on the recorder, and I've enjoyed it, so I look forward to your story. So why don't I introduce you to the audience? So Amasa Aluni is a visionary global citizen, a mentor, and a seasoned consultant with a curious mind, acting as the pivotal trade de union to align strategic alliances and cultures. She has a solid networking portfolio of high net worth individuals, key players and decision makers built over four decades of professional experience in luxury lifestyle, mega yachts, industry, communication, and media environment. Amasa is a multilingual elite PR advisor in brand strategy where she can connect the dots both backward and forwards. She has a real talent for human cross-cultural gathering and great knowledge of the Middle East and North Africa region's social and economic environment. And ladies and gentlemen, she was appointed as the UAE Humanitarian Global Goodwill Ambassador in 2018. Amasa, take a minute and fill in further tidbits about your life. Thank you, Andrew, for that introduction. So as you mentioned, I'm now living in Dubai for eight years. I am a French native. And I used to live in Cannes before coming to Dubai. I used to be within the money circle in Cannes. And as you mentioned, the Megayot is a very, very jungle industry and a cutthroat industry. So I was very, very shrewd when I was in France. But moving to Dubai, I shift my mind in a different manner because here we live in a complete, total, absolute security that completely changed your mindset. What does it mean by total absolute security? Tell us more. Well, that's mean that you live in full trust and you are blinded by trust, which sometimes can be very difficult. And uh, that here comes the episode of my worst investment. <laughs> mm, okay, well, why don't we get into that? Now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Absolutely. Well, first of all, you know, what I've learned in life is to share, not be ashamed of sharing your failure because you can really help people to benefit out of them. 
Churchill said that success comes by a succession of failures. And the more you fail, the more you learn. Okay. I uh, came to Dubai and I met with a Filipino lady, Catholic like I do, and we were engaging in a very strong personal relationship, which was close to family, as celebrating most of the Christmas, Easter, and so on and so forth. And she was almost 70, and she was a very hard worker. She engaged in a new venture, and she was asking for assistance because she said that she even doesn't know how she's going to pay for what she was facing. And in a chivalry gesture, I said, don't worry, I'm here for you. And I put straight away without asking, I gave her the equivalent of two years of my living just by a bank transfer, you know, without having any official credential whatsoever. And I told her, you can pay me back whenever you want at your own pace. I would consider even equity. I tried to help her, you know, to develop the business. And what happened is that after a few months, nothing was coming, you know, she was trying to bypass me on the people I introduced. And the worst is yet to come is that when it comes to the money to um, give me back the money, she was promising some reimbursement that came partially half and at a very, very slow pace. So I took action and I was like, you know, because I really did it out of my heart and soul, like I'm sure a lot of people can do when you see people in trouble. And what happened is that the story is very sour because I went to the police station and I found out she had four cases yet. And she is a pro-con artist who knows exactly how to scam people. And that was definitely the worst of the investment is not only the money I've lost, but it's the trust that has been dent and the friendship that has been abused. And I think this is the biggest loss you can have in an investment mm. because money come and goes, but friendship is something, I mean, if you lose a friend, you lose a treasure. And this is really when you see people that are here with a double face, just taking advantage on you, this is a big slap on your face. I wonder if you remember the day that you went to that police station. You know, I mean, when you went there, you oh, didn't expect to find those four. Very, Tell us very, about that. Yeah, very, very much. Because, you know, I went there at 11.30 at night. I was almost on my own. And I told the officer, I've lent some money to a friend. He asked me how much. It was like... You know, he was dazed by the amount and he looked at the screen and he said, but madame, your friend, she already has four complaints against her. And he showed me the picture. He said, that's that lady. I said, that's that lady. And when I leave, you know, he said, please, next time, don't give away so much. And I tell him, you know, I prefer to have a big heart and a small wallet. So I will keep my heart. And he said, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> So let's try to let's try to go through like what did you learn from that experience? Oh, <laughs> hardship. <laughs> mm, yeah. Hard I mean, ever since I'm still paying for it because you see, this is. Uh, I mean, it's the money I've uh, lost is really something that I do need and that I would have invested differently. And this is something that has poisoned my life ever since. Mm. So there is a question because I'm a strong believer. And when you do things out of your heart, usually it's for good and you should collect the good. And you don't do it for collecting good, but it should come naturally. 
In my case, I don't know what's wrong, but there is definitely a component that is not working. And this is, I mean, I still have been caught again by lending some money because I've been there to the point that you have no money and where it's very humiliating to ask. And I know that when people ask, you know, it's not to go and shop at Chanel or uh, Vuitton, but it's to feed themselves. And I've been to that line. So I will be caught again and again and again, because for me, you know, whenever I have money, money come and goes. So I will always lend some money. And most of the time, I, I mean, you know, the, there is the common phrase that said, always lend what you can afford to lose. Mm -hmm. as, simple as, that, as simple as that. Yeah, well, let me maybe share a few things of what I took away from it. I've been in similar situations, many people, you know, and many times that I've given money and lent money and it didn't come back. And in particular, one was a pretty close friend of mine and I lent a lot of money and it just never came back and it never even was acknowledged. And that was that was hard. And and it, it's difficult. I mean, you know, there's shame that we do it. We don't want to, you know, there's just so many different feelings involved with it that I was thinking about. And then I want to talk about another. So that's, I've been through similar and it was a lot of money in my case also. So, you know, but also I've been through the other way that I've handled it in the past is when people come to me to ask to borrow money, I say, I don't lend money but I give money away in the form of a grant or a gift. And then I basically, that reframes it in my mind and in their mind. And then all of a sudden, you know, how much money are you going to give away as a gift? You're not going to give away $50,000. You're going to give away, you know, here's $100. So one lesson I take away from it is just to remind myself and the listeners out there, you really want to get out of it you know, just say, look, I don't lend money, but I'm willing to give you a little bit. And of course, they'll be mad because they want 50,000 and you're going to give them 50. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you still gave them a little bit, you know, so that's the first thing. The second thing, I had a trouble a while ago and one of my good friends who's very, you know, pretty well off. I had to go to ask him to borrow money. And this was a while ago. And basically, I prepared a document. And I prepared a contract. I set up the interest costs, the, the repayment schedule, and I sent him that. And he just said, I won't accept that and I won't sign that, but I will give you the money and you pay me back whenever you can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that was a while ago. And I've been, you know, working on that and making sure that I get that back to him. But that's the type of lending that I received and I want to give to the people that are closest to me, but I can't do it with everybody. And so I really feel like there are times when our closest friends need help and I want to be there for that, but I can't be there for everybody. And so that's kind of, and, and the hard part, the hardest part of your story is that some people are very good at getting into your heart. Exactly. And, and how, you know, that's where the idea of saying, oh, I don't lend money, but I, I can give you some. Exactly. You know, is my shortcut in that case. Now, in Thailand, one of the things I also have done, 
And so I'm thinking about, you know, for the listeners out there, I'm thinking about different tools that we can come up with to resolve this. So someone did come and ask me for money. And I said, the only way I'll lend you money is if you have some sort of collateral in case you don't pay, meaning the deed to a piece of land, the deed to a car or something like that. And then I hold that. And then as they pay, eventually they get it back. That's what every bank does. Of course. And so that's another strategy to say, well, you've got to give me something. Even a friend of mine gave me a little TV that was about this big and it was from the fifties and it was wow. his prized possession. He said, I need to borrow, you know, $200 and here you could sell this for $500, you know, as an antique. And uh, later that friend of mine did pass away and I still keep his TV right there in my room as a memory of, of him. But anyways, those are some ideas about how the listeners can deal with this. Do you have anything else that you would add to that? No, I mean, I fully agree. And uh, as you said, you know, much better to give away and not expect the return because then the universe comes back to you. Like your friend, you know, he shows his full trust and that's the best of answer because that's exactly the reward you deserve by doing well and doing good. And then you collect the, you collect the same from the other people. Yeah, the other thing that I thought about was that, you know, life is not always a direct relationship. When you do good for someone, that doesn't necessarily mean that person's going to do good for you. But if you do good in life and you do good in the universe, that eventually comes back. So the good news is that you've got a lot of goodness coming back to you. I hope so. I'm still waiting for them, actually. Because... <laughs> Really, really, it's, uh, you know, it has been accumulation of uh, very, very, very tough times. Yeah. COVID doesn't help. And I mean, uh, I was also scammed online on the phone, you know, mm. because with COVID, you have a lot of these people calling you, pretending they are the central bank, etc. And they cracked my bank account and emptied it, vacuumed it, you know, mm. so. Yeah, I mean, uh, the universe has to realign the frequencies because I think the messages are not coming the right way at the moment. <laughs> well, I think by raising the awareness and thinking about it, I mean, the other thing is, you know, you've got to protect your, your assets, you know, and I think that it's a world out there that would like to get their hands on it. And so it's a good lesson that, you know, you've got to fight for, because, um, I read a great book many years ago called Your Money or Your Life. And it's, it's still sold on Amazon. I think it's a great book because it talks about when you think about buying, let's say, a TV, you say, okay, it's going to cost this much money. But he said, don't think about it that way. Because how did you get that money? You got it by devoting your time and energy to a job. And in exchange for your time and energy, they gave you pieces of paper. Now you go and trade those pieces of paper, but if we only see them as pieces of paper, we, we forget the fact that that was real energy that we put into getting those pieces of paper. And all of a sudden, when you think about, you know, that TV is 16 days worth of my energy, huh, do I really want to buy that? <laughs> you know, is that where I want to spend that energy? And so that's another thing that I think, you know, protecting our energy, which is accumulated through money in the bank and things like that is a great reminder for me. 
And I love the Chinese quote, which says, you know, money is the best of servants and the worst of master. So, I mean, if you spend all your life around money, you are very miserable. If you chase money all the time, you know, I mean, money without talent will never generate money. A lot of people forget that. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've, I've shifted to a spiritual level. Of course, we need the material part, definitely. But you can be very, very happy without making it turning around money and, you know, luxury and all that unnecessary superflu and all these things that people bother their life with you know it's much better to have genuine people authentic people that really are strong support moral and you know the whatever you take in your coffin is your memories it's not your world so it's much better to live i've created my own mantra since i live here which is past is my wealth Present is my addiction, future is my dream. So mm -hmm. this, you know, this is really what I would advise people to implement in their life because there is no bigger richness than your experience. And please share it extensively, you know. I mean, never keep things for yourself. That's the biggest richness. And in the present, because you never know what tomorrow will bring. You can die in a minute. And create dreams for your future, because if you don't have dreams, you never progress. And you should progress every day, every single day, by learning, by, you know, sharing your energy, sharing your uh, experience, and gain out of what life has to offer. That's fantastic advice. And let's continue on with that. So based upon what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? And think about that man or woman who's listening right now, who does have somebody who's they trust a bit and they've gotten to know who's asking them for money. What advice would you give them? Do your due diligence. <laughs> Don't let yourself trap in a so-called friendship because devils not only were Prada, it was Chanel and Versace and all the other designers, <laughs> you know, like do your due diligence. The most people are, I mean, what came to my mind with that lady is that when she was asking me for the money, she turned to change her voice completely, like almost crying on the phone. And she was, Almasa, when are you going to transfer me the money? You know, and I was like, come on, she's almost 70 years old. That's quite weird. And then whenever people show a double face, always be very careful. Mm. Do and your due diligence. Totally, totally. Great totally. advice. And forget the friendship in the due diligence, you know, yep. totally. You worked hard for that money. So Absolutely. you have a right to do the due diligence. Absolutely. Great, totally. great, great advice. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Well, actually, I'm, I'm working on a few projects. My dream project is to have my own TV show. So this is something that I'm really trying to put into place with a new emerging TV channel. And it will be about culture because I'm passionate about blending culture, about sharing culture and developing culture. So this is my number one goal. I have another legacy goal, which is my online of jewelry based on an interfaith harmony 
project, building a platform community. And this one has been on for quite a while and uh, COVID didn't help and don't help still. So this is something that I am working constantly, but will take time. Mm. But definitely these are my two pillars. I mean, although you need four, have many others on the back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you got your hands full already. Totally, totally, yep, yep, yeah. All right. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listener, to reduce risk in your life. So go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and download the risk reduction checklist to see how you measure up. As we conclude, Omasa, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of Ace Dots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Well, I'm very proud and honored. It's always great to receive some reward. You know, it's not to polish my ego, but it's to put the milestone in my life and to really see the recognition. It's always the best of rewards. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. It was really a pleasure indeed. I appreciate your openness and it's beautiful. So keep that up. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.